Hello, and welcome to the Capture the JS podcast. Download for free at https colon slash slash www.wcc.vccs.edu slash sites slash default slash files slash introduction dash two dash gnu dash octave dot pdf. So this is introduction to gnu octave and it's under a creative commons license. It's share alike, uh, I believe. Anyway, um, we are on 1.3 matrices and vectors. 1.3.1, basic arithmetic. The best way to get started is to try some simple problems. Use the following examples as a tutorial to learn your way around the program. Octave knows basic arithmetic and uses the standard order of operations. Try some simple com computations. So I've pulled up Octave and I'm typing in 6 divided by 2 plus 3 times in brackets 7 minus 4 and brackets to the power 2. Uh, just to walk it through you, so 7 minus 4 gets done first, which is 3. Uh, then 3 gets squared, which becomes 9. 9 times 3 is 27. Then 6 gets divided by 2 to get you 3. And then it's 27 plus 3, which is 30. So the answer is 30. Octave ignores white space. So 6 divided by 2. And 6 divided by 2 are interpreted the same way. You can't take shortcuts and leave out implied operators though. For example, three bracket seven minus four will give you an error. Um, use three times seven minus four, which is nine as we talked about. Um, vectors and matrices are basic variable types, so it is easier to learn octave syntax if you already know a linear, little linear algebra. Try this example to enter a row vector and name it u. You do not need to enter the comments indicated by the percent sign. So u, and I was typing right into the prompt there, u equals bracket 1, negative 4, and 6. Uh, the code u equals dot 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 assigns the results of the operation that follows to the variable u, which can then be recalled and used in further calculations. To create a column vector instead, use semicolons. So the same u as a column vector, or transposed, is u equals bracket uh, 1, semicolon, negative 4, semicolon, 6, end bracket. 
uh, and now u is a column vector. Notice that the function of semicolon is to begin a new row. The same basic syntax is used to enter a matrices. For example, here is how to define a 3 by 3 matrix. So A equals bracket 1, 2, negative 3, semicolon, 2, 4, 0, semicolon, 1, 1, 1, and bracket. And now we have a 3 by 3 matrix. In octave, all of the above variables are really just matrices of different dimensions. A scalar is essentially a 1 by 1 matrix. Similarly, a row is just a 1 by n matrix, and a column vector is an n, m by 1 matrix. In the following sections, we will take a closer look at the nuisances of vectors, nuances of vectors and matrix operations. 1.3.2, vector operations. We'll start with some simple examples. First, re-enter the column vector u from above if it is not already in memory. So u is equal to 1, negative 4, and 6, with semicolons because it's a column vector. Now enter another column vector v, and try to find the following vector operations which, which illustrate linear combinations, dot products, cross products, and norm, blank. So v is equal to 2, semicolon 1, semicolon negative 1, semicolon. Sorry, not semicolon. V is equal to 2, semicolon, 1, semicolon, negative 1, end bracket. Okay. So 2 times v plus 3 times u. And the answer is 7, negative 10, and 16. Simple enough, that's a linear combination. We can also use the dot function, u and v, which performs the dot product, and the answer is negative 8. We can do the cross of u and v. And the answer is negative 2, 13, and 9. And we can do the norm of u. And the answer is 7.2801. Try a few more operations. So find the cross of v and u. How does that compare to u cross v? So uh, anyone who remembers the cross product, it's the perpendicular it's the direction perpendicular of um, both of the vectors, right, uh, for a 3D place. And if I remember correctly, the cross of uv is equal to negative the cross of uvu. But let's try it anyway. And the answer is uh, 2, negative 13, and 9 which is what I believe is correct. Um, so if I, uh, yeah, that would just be zero. Anyway, um, calculate the length of V and uh, the 
uh, what was that? That was the, God, it, I knew this when I was in university, um, that's the absolute value of U is the, I thought that was the norm. So maybe it is the norm of the norm of V. Well, anyway, it's norm V. Let me just double check that I have that correct. The norm. Yeah, I was right. Then, of course, the norm of, um, the norm of the norm is going to be the same. Okay, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Okay, good. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, double bar of V is the norm of V. So, calculating the norm of the norm is just going to give you the same result. Okay, now we're going to normalize V by calculating V over um, the norm of V. So V divide by the norm of V is 0 0.8165, 0 0.4028, and negative 0 0.4028. So I, it's not 4028, it's 4082. So let me repeat that. Um, so the... A normal vector in the same direction as V, but with a length of uh, 1, a distance of 1, is 0 0.8165, 0 0.4082, and negative 0 0.4082. Now let's try a more complicated vector geometry problem to see some of oct octaves potential. So now we see a vector projection. We have our angle, theta. We have u. We have v. And then we have the projection of u onto v. The projection of u onto v, denoted projection of v, projection small v of u, is the component of u that points into the direction of v. This can be thought of as the shadow u casts onto v from a direction orthogonal to v, as shown in figure 1.2. Uh, to find the magnitude of the projection, use the basic rate triangle geometry. So uh, I, I had actually explained figure 1.2. That's the one I was talking about earlier with theta. So the projection of uh, u onto v is equal to the norm of v times the cosine of theta. Then, since u dot v is equal to the absolute value of the norm of u, the norm of v, 
cos theta, the projection of u onto v is the norm of u cos theta is equal to the norm of u times u dot v over uh, norm of u, norm of v, and it's equal to u dot v over the norm of v. This is known as the scalar projection of u onto v. The vector projection of v is obtained by multiplying the scalar projection by a unit vector that points in the direction of v. Thus, the projection of u onto v. Oh. Um, so it was that beforehand, it was the projection, the norm of the projection of u onto v. Now we're talking about the projection of u onto v because now it goes in that direction. Is uh, u dot v over uh, norm v times v over norm v, which is u dot v uh, over the norm of v squared times the vector v. And since v dot v equals to v squared, this can be also written as the projection of u onto v is equal to u dot v over v dot v uh, times v. This operation is needed for vector projections and is easily, let me repeat that sentence. The operation needed for vector projections, oh, why do I keep messing this up? The operations needed for vector projection are easily carried out in octave. As an example, we will find the projection of u equals to um, 3, 5 onto v is equal to 7, 2. So u equals 3, 5 v equals 7, 2 and then dot u v divide by norm of v squared times v. Now I've entered it in to uh, octave and the answer is 4.0943 and 1.1698. Thus the projection of u onto v is 4.0943 and 1.1698. Later in example 5.5.2 we will see how to create our own user-defined functions to automate the above steps. And now we're going to be learning about matrix operations. Woo! So 1.3.3. Matrix operations. Matrix oper... Matrix operations are simple and intuitive in octave. We will start with multiplication. Let A be the matrix 1, 2, 3... 2, 4, 0, 1, 1, 1, and B be the matrix 1, 2, 3, 4, 
0, negative 2, negative 4, 6, and 1, negative 1, 0, 0. So we're now going to type this into um, octave. 2, negative 3, 2, 4, 0, 1, 1. Doesn't matter spacing. And B is equal to 1, 2, 3, 4. 0, negative 2, negative 4, negative 6. And 1, negative 1, 0, 0. And then this, you can just do A times B. And we get the matrix 2, negative 2, 1, negative 5, negative 8. 2, negative 4, negative 10, negative 16, and 2, negative 1, negative 1, 0. What? No. I must have entered something wrong. Let's double check. 1, 2, 3, 2, 3, 0. 1, 2, 3, 4, 0, negative 2, negative 4. Ah. That should be a positive 6, not a negative 6. Still the wrong answer, according to the example that they have there. So A is 1, 2, negative 3, 2, 4, 0. One, one, one. Yep. And B is one, two, three, four, semicolon, zero, negative two, negative four, six, semicolon, one, negative one, zero, zero. Yes. And then we have A times B. Okay, I don't know what I did differently this time. Maybe my A was wrong, but I now have the correct answer. Uh, so we can continue. And the answer is negative 2. 1, negative 5, 16. 2, negative 4, negative 10, 32. And 2, negative 1, negative 1, 10. Right, so you multiply each row by each column. Um, it's just rather tedious, but it comes up with a good answer. Uh, notice that the results are stored in the temporary variable ands. Arithmetic operations in octave are always assumed to be matrix operations unless, unless otherwise specified. See section 1.4.1. Therefore, for A and B defined as above, we can compute things like 4A or AB by res entering, respectively, 4 times A or A times B. But operations like B times A or A plus B throw errors. Um, so why you can't add matrices of different sizes and you can't multiply a matrix, um, if the number of rows in the first one,
don't equal to the number of columns in the second one. Oh, no, what am I saying? No, the number of... Um, yeah, sorry, the, the number of rows in the second one don't equal to the number of columns in the first. Yes, that's the... Anyway, to get the transpose of a matrix, use the single quote. For example, try calculating the B transpose times A. So it is going to be B, single quote, B, single quote, times A. And the answer is 2, 3, negative 2, negative 3, negative 5, negative 7, negative 5, negative 10, negative 9, and 16, 32, negative 12. To perform basic matrix arithmetic, uh, we also need to identify matrices, which are easy to generate with the I com N command, where N is the dimension of the matrix. Oh, I've been out of uh, linear algebra apparently too long. That was the wrong word and it very much mattered. So let me repeat that sentence. To perform basic matrix arithmetic, we also need identity matrices, which are easy to generate with the I N command, where N is the definition dimension of the matrix. Let's find two times A minus four times the identity matrix. Um, and even though the identity I would typically be used, uh, we actually use a function EYE which is kind of clever, but at the same time a little confusing for new people. But, you know, uh, let's do it. So it's going to be 2 times A minus 4 times EYE of 3. So that's going to be the 111010001 matrix. One zero 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 one zero 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 one. That matrix. And the answer is two negative sorry, negative two, four, negative six, four, four, zero, two, two, negative two. Octave can also find determinants, inverses, and eigenvalues. For example, try these try these commands. So the DET, the determinant of A, is six. Uh, the inverse of A is two-thirds. Uh, I don't remember what this fraction is, so I'm just going to say it directly. Negative 0 0.83333. Two, negative a third, two-thirds, negative one, negative a third, 0 0.1667, and zero. And the eig of A, the eigenvalue of A, is going to be 4.5251 plus 0i 
zero point seven three seven four plus zero point eight eight four four I and zero point seven three seven four minus zero point eight eight four four I. Notice our matrix notice that our matrix has one real and two complex eigenvalues. Octave handles complex numbers, of course. Eigenvalues will be discussed in more detail in chapter five. Octave can also compute many other matrix values, such as the rank. So the rank of A is three. And there's a note here from uh, back when we did the single quote, that technically this gives the conjugate transpose, but for matrix with real entries, there is no difference between the conjugate, conjugate transpose and the original transpose, and the ordinary transpose. So if you remember the conjugate transpose, um, it flips the uh, sign, I believe, of the complex as well. Let me just double check before I speak out of my... Yeah, you take the complex conjugate of each entry. So A plus IB becomes A minus IB, right? So you flip the sign on the imaginary component. Which preserves important operations in matrix algebra. Okay, and now we're gonna go to plotting. Basic two-dimensional plotting of functions in octave is accomplished by creating a vector for the independent variable and a second vector for the range of the function. There are several forms for the syntax and we will attempt to outline the simplest methods here. Uh, you can also see HTTP colon slash slash www.gnu.org slash software slash octave slash doc slash interpreter slash plotting.html and HTTP colon slash slash en.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash octave underscore programming underscore tutorial slash plotting. Let's start by plotting the graph of the function sine of x on the integral uh, on the interval from 0 to 2 pi, which is figure 1.3. Like a typ typical graphing calculator, octave will simply plot a series of points and connect the dots to represent the curve. The process is less automated in octave, but in the end, much more powerful. We will begin by creating a vector of x values. So x is... We've actually did have covered lin space before. But if you don't remember, um, it creates 50 values between... So lin space 0, 2 pi, and 50 creates 50 values between 0 and 2 pi. 
equally spaced. Okay. Notice the format lin space start dot val, comma end. Oh, sorry, start underscore val, end underscore val, and n. This creates a row of 50 evenly spaced values, beginning at zero and going up to two pi. The smaller the increment, the smoother the curve will look. In this case, 50 points should be suitable. The semicolon at the end of the line is to suppress the output to the screen, since we don't need to see all the values in the vector. Now, we will want to create a vector with the corresponding y values. So we'll use y equals to sine x. Using that semicolon to suppress the output. And now we're going to plot x and y. This is why I tested before. And you can see now on my Twitch, the plot, hopefully, Uh, it's here. Edit the scene. You change. Should be figure one. Done. Okay, now you can see it. So that's the plot. Uh, back to the textbook. So that's figure one, an, an improved graph of y equals to sine x onto zero and two pi. Um, they actually add uh, a couple labels. Let me just see if I can add it. And they also have a legend, but not really important because it's obvious what graph this is. Um, you should see the graph of f of x equals to sine x pop up in a new window. Figure 1.3 shows the default graph. You may also wish to customize a little bit. For example, the x-axis extends too far. Uh, we can see the window with the axis command. The window is controlled by a vector in the form x min, x max, y min, y max. Let's set the axis to match the domain and range of the function. So I actually went too far already with the title x label and y label. Um, but we'll still follow along. Just me trying to follow the example. That's fine. So now, if you look at the graph, it's much tidier. It's exactly captured by the bounds of the output. 
we may want to change the color too to say uh, red or make the line thicker. We can add a grid to help guide our eye. In addition, a graph should be labeled with a title, axis labels, and legend. Try these options to get the improved graph shown in figure 1.4. So what we haven't added yet, um, okay, so we're going to plot. Uh, instead of just X and Y, we're also gonna pass in R and line width and three. So now if we take a look at our graph, it's red and it's got a line width of three. And it's no longer within our axis. Let's uh, re-enter that. There we go. Uh, we're now going to put the grid on. And now there's a nice little grid here. Our X label has been already applied. No, no, they've been reset. So we're going to X label with the, in single quotes X. We're going to Y label with single quotes Y. We're going to set the title to sign graph. And we're going to add a legend of Y equals sign of X. And now if we look at our graph, it's much nicer. Note that some adjustments like zooming in or turning on the grid can be done within the graph window using the controls provided. Some standard color options are red, green, blue, cyan, and magenta, which can be specified with the first letter in single quotes. Now let's try plotting points. The procedure is essentially the same, but we use an option to specify the marker we want. Some marker options are uh, O, plus, or star. We will plot the set of points 1, 1, 2, 2, 3, 5, and 4, 4 using circles as our marker. First, clear the variables from the workspace and clear any existing graphs. Then, Define a vector of x values and a vector of y values and use the plot command. So we're going to use the clear command first and that clears all our current variables. And then if we do a CLF, we have now cleared our graph. So x equals one, two, three, four. Then y1 equals one, two, five, four. And then we're going to plot x and y with little o's. If we look at our graph, oh, I don't know why I put Y1, but okay. 
Doesn't matter. It's just a name. Okay, and now you can see our little uh, plots here with little O's around them. Now, suppose we want to graph the line y equals to 1.2x on the same set of axes. That is the line of best fit for the data. To add to our current graph, we need, we need to use the command hold on. Then any new plots will be drawn onto the current axis. We can switch back later with hold off. So hold on, that means uh, keep everything on the current graph. Don't create a new one. And now we're gonna plot X and 1.2 times X. And now if we go back to it, we have our line of best fit and we have our four points. Uh, now we should see the four points and the graph of the line. Alternatively, we can create multiple plots with a single plot command. Try this for example. We're going to once again clear and CLF. Then we're going to set X equals to one, two, three, four. And Y equals Y one. That's why I probably got Y one from equals to one, two, five, four. And y2 is equal to 1.2 times x. And now we're going to plot x, y1 uh, with little o's and x and y2. And if we look at the plot right now, uh, you can see that it's zoomed out a little bit. But we do have essentially the same plot. And then we're going to go ahead and add the axis, which is from zero, zero five to zero six. So you actually can see it zoomed out a little bit. Then we're gonna put the grid back on. And then we're gonna add the legend with data points as the first entry and regression line as the second entry. So the data points are in blue here and the regression line is in red. Note that the set of inputs and output variables come in pairs, followed by any options that apply to that pair. The result is shown in figure 1.5. So this is the exact same graph that I have. Uh, Let's go ahead and grab a bottle of water.
Let me just double check how long. But this is the natural place to end it. I know I started at 7.30 or 7. Yeah, I think 7.30. So I wouldn't be going too much over. Okay, so it's only a... Uh, yeah, we'll finish it today. Uh, we're not going to do, however, the exercise problems today. We're going to do that next time. Uh, Element-wise operations. An important consideration when working with more complex functions, like, say, y equals to x squared sine x, is that octave will regard the product and exponent as matrix operations unless we indicate otherwise. This same is true for division. To avoid errors when we evaluate a function at a numeric input vector, we need to use the element-wise version of exponentiation, multiplication, and division between variables. This is done by preceding the operation in question with a period, as in dot power, or dot star, or dot slash. These commands are incorrect and will cause errors. <coughs> so x is lin space, linear space between negative 10 and 10, and 100 of them. And then if we tried to plot, x and x to the power 2 times sine x, we're going to get an error. Uh, error for x to the power y, only square matrix arguments. But this will do the trick. So we have the same uh, linear space, but we're now going to plot x and x dot power of uh, x dot power is 2, so x squared times the sine of x. Oh, dot star. X. So now if we look at the plot, we can see the graph of y equals x squared sine x. So let me just repeat what the problem was. So beforehand, we were trying to raise a... Um, we were trying to square a vector. And you can only square a vector... Um, if the number of rows is equal to the number of columns. Because all vectors are matrices in octave. So instead we're doing it element-wise, which is what we wanted. It's just a complex function. So the results are shown in figure 1.6, which you can see on the screen right now. Um, and it's a little bit of a weird function. 
it's important, it is important to remember to use element-wise multiplication, exponentiation, and division, except when you are actually intending to execute a matrix operation. Failing to do so is the source of many errors and considerable frustration for beginning, for beginning Octave users. So, plot op options. The following table summarizes standard options that can be used with the plot command. So remember when we use the O for the circles in a plot? You can use pluses for crosshairs, uh, O's for those uh, circles, uh, little the star symbol for stars, dots for points, S for squares, and uh, the caret for triangles. You can use the colors K, which is black, R, which is red, G, which is green, B, which is blue, M, which is magenta, and C, which is cyan. You can use uh, size lin width N for some positive value N, and marker size N for some positive value N, and line style. And a lot of people think, you know, I have different colors, why do I need line styles? But actually, uh, both because uh, sometimes these are printed out in black and white, and also because it helps accessibility, it is important to use different line styles. So let's use what I've learned from today's thing. I'm going to hold on, and I'm also going to plot X with x to the power x dot power squared. So I've now plotted two things. You can kind of, if they were both blue, it would be hard to see. So let's try uh, instead of uh, x and x squared. Let's also add um, line style. How do I? How do I? Ah, I see. So let's make it a cyan line. And it's also going to be a um, yeah cyan line, which is going to have little squares, and it's going to be a dotted line. If we now look at our plot, in addition to that red line that we drew earlier, we now have this cyan line, which is a bunch of squares and it's dotted it's kind of hard to tell that's dotted so perhaps drawing squares wasn't the best idea so let's look at what okay let's clear again clear and clf right Then we're going to plot x and x squared with c and colon 
Oh, I cleared the variables, right. Okay, let's redefine x is 1, 2, 3, 4. And then we're going to plot that. And now you can kind of see it's dotted. Uh, and it's a quadratic function, but it's actually very hard to tell. Cyan is not a great color for accessibility. So let's make this green. Yeah. Anyway, you get the point. Um, several options may be combined, for example, plot x, y, and in quotes, r, o, and colon may indicate, indicates a red color with circles marked joined with dotted lines. Uh, there are several key functions for providing textual labels. We have the horizontal axis label, which is x label with some axis name. The vertical axis label, which is y label with some axis name. The legend, which for every plot you have Curve 1, curve 2, etc. And then we have the title, which is the plot title. It's the title command. The position of the legend may be modified using the command location and position, where position is a string given a compass position, like northeast, which is default. North, south, east, southwest example. You can type help legend for a full list of options. One point four point three saving plots. So far, if we have created a good plot, we probably want to save it. The easiest way option is to use copy and paste from the plot window. You can also use the save as option under the file menu to save the plot in various image formats. An alternative me method is to save the plot directly by printing it to a file. Octa supports several image formats. In the example below, the PNG format is used. To save the current graph as PNG, use the syntax. Uh, so let's go ahead and recreate a plot. So we're going to plot x, uh, x squared, and we're going to plot it um, using the color red and by using a da dashed line. So we're gonna go ahead and we can save as, and that's one way we can save it. Um, but we can also Print uh, example.png dash dpng.
And now if I go to my uh, documents, Um, this would actually be a folder that you've set for like Octave stuff. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, I found it. It is in uh, my C users username folder. Yeah, it's there. Here, file name.png is whatever file name you want, includes the extension. You can replace PNG with other image formats such as JPG or EPS. The file will be saved to your current working directory. And that explains why it was in Repti, because that's my current working directory. So, the command again is print filename.png and dash dpng. Um, if you don't want to click file save as. So we're going to, after this next time we come through, we're going to have a quiz. And that's going to be the entirety of next, next time. And then we're going to move on to chapter two. Now, I don't want to get guys in trouble for that so oh i still running the, i'm still running the podcast um in that case i'm gonna do my outro uh you can download for free at https colon slash slash www.wcc.vccs.edu slash site slash default slash file slash introduction dash two dash gnu dash octave Dot .pdf Thank you for listening to the Capture the JS podcast. Have a wonderful day.